We hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equippers Church in Eden. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Welcome everyone. My name's Tammy, part of the church here, and um, it's a privilege to be speaking up here. I just want to have a shout out to my mum and dad over here. Mum and dad came out. How good is that? Yes. Love you, mum and dad. Thank you. Thank you for... Uh, for giving me the faith that I have, you know, like I was—I'm really fortunate. I grew up in a in a in a home that believes in God, that um, knew their purpose in God, and um, I'm just so thankful for everything that you've invested in me. And um, I am your fruit in many ways. Don't think about it too much. But anyway, uh, whew, didn't think we'd go there. Um, anyway, um, first week of our new series, which is Creative for More. Creative for more. Can everyone say creative for more? Good. Now, it's based on this book here by uh, Rick Warren. It's called The Purpose Driven Life um, with a byline of what on earth am I here for? Which is a good question, isn't it? What on earth am I here for? And, uh, and you know, um, over the next few weeks, we're gonna kind of unpackage this and hopefully you will discover more of your true purpose as to um, what you are on earth for and um, what, how God has created you and the purposes. So your purpose is, is more than what you think it is. It's more than going to school and getting, um, what do they call it, NCEA? Yeah, yeah, getting merit or whatever. Um, it's, it's, it's more than that. It's more than going to university uh, and getting a degree or a paper, piece of paper that says you know something. Um, it's, it's, it's more important than going and learning a trade. It's more important than meeting the love of your life, than having a family, than going on an OE, than retiring and just living on the beach. <laughs> there is more to your life than all this. And it's, you know, life's not a checklist. It's not like get through this, then get through this, then get through this. No, there is purpose. There is purpose in your life. There is purpose in every stage of your life, wherever you are, where, when you're studying, when you're when newlywed, when you are retired, there is great purpose for you in that stage of your life. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to discover this. And uh, we, we encourage you to, to invest in getting this book if you don't have it already. It's been around for nearly 20 years, this book. Nearly 20 years um, in terms of uh, purpose-driven life. It's, there's 40 chapters. Um, there's two bonus chapters in the new version, if you've got the new version. Uh, and, it, and it really just goes through, what on earth are you here for? and um, discovering your purpose. So, so please join with us, buy the book, go to Kindle. You can get audio books and stuff if that's the way you do things. There's also a video for every, um, for every chapter. So if you just wanna watch a video, watch a video. So um, please um, join us on this journey. And so Pastor Will, he, he, um, he launched the series this morning and he did really well in like summarising like so many chapters in like 30 minutes. It was like, it was like, pow, pow, pow. Um, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to try and, and do that as much. I'm going to go delve deep into one of these chapters. Is that okay? So, um, but do download the message from, from Pastor Will because it'll give you a really good kind of like understanding of where we're going um, and how, we, how we're going to go through the purpose-driven life over the next few weeks. So, so do that. So, so Pastor Will, he talked about how we were planned for God's pleasure. We're planned for God's pleasure here on earth. And um, he talked about how we're created for worship. Everyone say created for worship. Awesome. I'm going to talk about how we are created for friendship with God. Yes. yes. So can you say that with me? 
Yes, yes, great. We are created for friendship with God. And um, not only just friendship, but we are created to be best friends with God. That He would be our best friend forever, our BFF. Our BFF is God. And uh, I, my prayer is that by the end of the next 30 minutes or however long, that you, you would recognise that, that you, your purpose is to be a friend of God, that He is your best friend and that you could be His best friend um, here on earth. And that is your purpose. So we have uh, many different aspects when it comes to relationship with God. He is our creator and maker. He created us. We're the created ones. He is our Lord and master. He's our king. We serve him. He's our redeemer. We're the redeemed. He's our father. We're his kids. Whereas we are children of God. He's our savior and we are saved. But he is our friend and we are his friend. Uh, from the very beginning, God, God created Adam and Eve and they were friends. And he would walk with them in the cool of the day. He created man in his image to be his friend for companionship, dialogue, and intimacy. And you know, God wants to walk with us in the cool of the day. That's how we were created. And there's lots of, lots of uh, people in the Bible who were friends of God. There were Abraham and Paul. They're both referenced as friends of God. There's David. He was a man after God's own heart. And then there was this guy called Enoch. And um, in Genesis, there's this guy, Enoch, and there's like two verses around him, and they might pop up. And And it talks about how Enoch lived 365 years, and he walked faithfully with God. And then he was no more because God took him away. Enoch, he was such a friend of God. He just walked with God. He was faithful um, in friendship with God. And then God's like, I just really just want you in heaven. You know, miss out that dying stuff. Just, you know, come straight up to heaven. Like, how cool is that? How cool is that? That, um, that he was just no more because God took him away. Talk about besties. Like, you know, I want my bestie in heaven with me. Um, and then Moses. Moses is, a, is, is an an amazing person, and there's these, the scripture in Exodus, and it says that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. In Numbers, it refers to this face to face, but it also says that um, he would speak to him face to face and not in riddles. You know, like true friends, they don't speak in like riddles. They speak face to face, and I really want a friendship with God where I could, um, where I could speak to him face to face. Clearly, not in riddles. You know, there's nothing more important than developing a friendship with God. In a letter to Timothy, in Timothy 1, um, Paul, Paul told him, he said, some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. Let's not miss the most important thing in life, missing God. And, you know, we're talking about friendship and, and there is always a continuum of friendship, right? So you've got strangers who you're not a friend at all. And then you've got acquaintances who people you kind of know of. They might be the people that post on your friends' posts on Facebook. You know, they're the friends of the friends. Then there's friends who, you know, they are in your world. They're your friends. You love hanging out with them. They're fun. Um, they know about you. You know about them. You, you, you're 
on Facebook, liking their posts and, and that sort of thing. And then there's best friends, right? There's best friends. And the best friends are the ones who know you so closely. They know everything about you. You're probably not even liking their posts on Facebook because you're probably in the posts in Facebook. You are their bestie. You're the bestie of, of, um, of these people. And I'm you know, I don't know where you're at in terms of your friendship with God. You know, I don't know if you're here and you're like, I'm a stranger. I don't even know who God is. Or, you know, I kind of know about him. Uh, yeah, I know, I, I know of him. My friend knows him and, and, and they think he's pretty cool. Um, I kind of want to get to know him. Or maybe you're like, yeah, I'm besties. I'm besties with Jesus. BFS with God, and um, I don't know where this finds you uh, today, but um, I hope and my prayer is that I can I can give you some inspiration on ways that you could grow in your friendship wherever you are, stranger, acquaintance, friend, that that uh, you could develop your friendship with God today. You know, because you might be going, yeah, this is a good idea. It'd be pretty cool to have your best friend say your best friend's the creator of the world. Like, that is a pretty cool statement. You know, there was a, there was a um, I think the lads, they did a song, My Best Friend's the Creator of the Universe. Yep, yep, those over a certain age know that. <laughs> Everyone else is like, mm. um, But anyway, my best friend is the creator of the universe. Like, that's pretty cool. And um, you might go, yeah, that's cool. I, 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 I think that's kind of cool. The theory of it, the idea of it sounds great. But how do I do it, Tammy? How do I do it? Like, he's up there, I'm down here. Like, how do I do it? So, so I'm here to help. And um, I'm going to give you five, five things about best friends that you can apply to your world and be best friends with God. Does this sound good? Yes. Okay. The first thing about BFFs or besties is besties know everything about each other. You're, think of who your best friend is. They know everything about you, right? They know your secrets. They know everything. Um, they know your dress size. They know your favorite color. They know your likes, your dislikes. They know what really annoys you. They, um, they can read what the other person is thinking without even speaking. You don't need to voice your concerns because they, they, they read you. They read you like a book. They know the quirks and they understand each other. So this is best friends. And, um, you know, God's our creator. And I'm like, we're kind of at a little bit of a disadvantage because he created us. He knows everything about us, absolutely everything about us. And so you're like, well, how, how, do, I, how do I go about finding out about God? You know, how do I know God at the same level that he knows me? Like he knows how many hairs I have on my head. Like I'm not going to go to the investment of counting every hair on my head. But somehow God thought I was important enough and you were important enough that he knows every single detail about you. He knows everything about you. He created you, right? So I was thinking about this, and I was like, hmm, okay. How do I get to know God? And then I thought, my best friend on the world, in the world, um, is this guy over here. This tall, dark, and handsome guy here. His name's Jason. He's my husband. Um, and he's my best friend. But we weren't always best friends. And we didn't always know everything about each other. And we still don't. But, um, you know, like, so how did, how did we start this friendship of, of getting to know each other? 
And so here's a little funny story. Um, so we met at the council. That was where we were both working at, at that stage. And Julie was also working there. And I was working with Julie on a project. And uh, I went into the office, Julie's office, and I, I don't know, I was doing work. And, um, and Jason, he's like, he's like, huh, who's, who's that person? So he goes out and he goes, he's like, Julie, who's that person? And she's like, Tammy Beckingsale, that's my maiden name. Um, Tammy Beckingsale, he's like, oh, okay, I want to know about her. Uh, I'm, I'm in HR, I'm in human resources, you know. I've got access to the HR files. Right? <laughs> He's like, I've got access to the HR files. Like, I might be able to, like, like see her CV, her cover letter. Like, maybe see, maybe see where she's been, what, what, what her skills are. You know? you know how sometimes people write their interests? Like, maybe that's their, um, like, maybe her address. I don't know. Her phone number. <laughs> you know? So he did this. He did this. And then the funniest part of this story is that my personnel file was empty. Oopsie. Um, so no breach of privacy, no stalker alert. That was okay. And, and um, we eventually... <laughs> anyway, but so then I was thinking, you know, that was a good idea. If you have access to someone's HR file, you know, have a sneak peek. Like, find it out. Like, that's a good way to f know about someone, right? Now, you guys are like, where is she going? This here, this here, this is, this is God's HR file. This here is God's HR file. This is where he's been, where he's going. This is his character. These are his skills, his abilities. It's all here. This is his address. This is his phone number. Everything in here. So if we want to know about God, let's go to his HR file. No breach of privacy. <laughs> Like, it's awesome, this book. I love this book. I've been on a journey where, I, where I've read it cover to cover, and I'm just, I just love this book because I, I learn more and more about my friend God, and I learn um, more and more about who I am um, because of that. And uh, I love this book. Does anyone like this Bible? It's a new Bible. I was really excited because I bought it, and it's like this dusky pink, which is like very feminine, and it's got um, gold pages. And anyway, so, so me and Pastor Desiree, we love reading the Bible, and I, I messaged her, and I said, I've bought a new Bible, and it's like dusky pink, and it's got gold pages. And then it auto-changed. Do you know what it auto-changed to? It's got good pages. And I was like, oh, silly, auto-correct. And then I was like, no, the phone knows. These are good pages. These are good pages in here. Anyway, byline. Um, but yeah, it's a good book. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really good book because it will, it will reveal truth to you and you will find out who, who God is. You know, in 1 Samuel, God revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And he continues to do that today. He continues to do it today. It'll take time. It will take time to know everything there is to know about God and we, we won't achieve it here on earth, but we can go on a journey of knowing more and more about God. You know, I want to I be best friends with God. I want to get to the point where I know everything about him, where I can finish his sentences, where I can know what he's thinking without him speaking. 
Like how, like that level of friendship is what I want. And, and um, I'm on a journey and, and we're all on a journey in this friendship. But, um, but this is a great way to get to know God. You know, and there might be something that you just need to shift in your world to, to create space and time for reading the word. <laughs> Is that Felicity? Ooh, I can tell by the little, yeah, press ups. No, 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 she's my friend. She hasn't heard into press ups. Um, anyway, uh, okay, second thing. Okay, so first thing is um, besties know everything about each other. The second thing um, to become a best friend with someone is that um, best friends spend time together. They do. They spend a lot of time together. And, and if they're not together, they're in constant communication. You know, they're like, oh, what did you have lunch? Oh, you know, <laughs> the huge. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> so to grow in any uh, close relationship, we've, we've got to invest time. We've got to spend time with the person and intentional time with each other. And, um, and another example of, of Jason on this journey of getting to know each other is um, this was before we were dating. We we're not officially dating at this stage. And I lived up on a flat um, up the top of Highgate near Luna. You know where I live. And, um, and then I would work down in the octagon. So you'd go down the hill and then you'd have to go up the hill. I'd walk up the hill. And Jason found out about this. I don't know how that wasn't in my HFR. I don't know how you found out that I was walking to work. But anyway, he found out that I was walking to work. And he was like, I want to spend time with her. I want to spend time with her. I'm going to walk to work with her. So he's like, you know, do you want, do you want someone to walk with you? And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, that'd be cool. Um, trying to be cool. And the problem too when we were doing this is because we had to walk up a hill, and, and when you're walking up a hill, you can get a bit breathless, but I'm trying to be cool, and like, I'm fat, and I'm like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it was like, it was a bit stressful, but, um, but in the end, we got there, but, but, the, but here's the thing. Here's the thing where I realised that, that Jason really wanted to be a good friend of mine, is that I realised that while we were walking up and down the hill every day, um, he was actually paying for a car park in town. <laughs> so he would drive up to my house park and then we would walk to work and we walk home to work because he wanted to spend time with me. It is really sweet, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. That is sweet. Um, but he had to make time. And if we want to build a friendship with God, we've got to make time. We've got to make time, and, and there might be a cost to that, you know, and, but we prioritise it. We make time because best friendship in the world, and it's what we were, we were created for is friendship. And so um, we've got to set time aside to read the Bible, to pray, to worship, to communicate with Him. Uh, you know, ups to everybody who's in this room right now, because you, you chose to come spend some time with God today. And see, so you could have been at the beach, you could have been at a barbecue, or you could have been sheltering inside going, oh, it's so hot. But, um, but <laughs> you came here, you know, and, and it's those decisions that will build your friendship with God. It's those decisions that will, you know, um, in our in our e-group, we, um, we've been learning about how to hear the voice of God. How do we hear God? And uh, John 10, 27 says this. It says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So God is speaking. So this is the sheep, that's, that's us. Um, and, 
and we will, there's a promise that we will hear God's voice. Because I think sometimes we're like, well, I wanna be friends with God, but I can't hear him. I can't hear him. How can you be friends with someone if you can't hear them? And so we're journeying on that with our, with our e-group. And the truth is God is speaking all the time, but, it's, but we need to learn to recognise the voice of God in, in our worlds and in our lives and, and, and through the Word and, and, and all of that. And we just need to spend time with people because if we spend time with God, we'll start to recognise His voice. Yeah. There's this thought, you know, like, so my kids, I can recognise their voice and like, or their cry and like a, like a, like a whole room full of kids, like 30 kids or whatever. I can, I can pick my kids' voices. I recognize them because, because I've spent a lot of time with them. You know, if I, if I hadn't spent a lot of time with them, um, you know, I wouldn't be able to hear their voices clearly. Or I'd be like, is that them? Maybe, maybe I'll just have to go have a look. And, and it's the same with God. You know, the more time that we spend with God, the more we will recognize His voice and, um, and He'll just speak so clearly to us. And so we need to intentionally set aside that time for God. You know, carve out time in your days for that. Make space for that. You know, it can be in your daily activities, you know. Like, like with Jason, he's like, I'll walk, I'll walk to work with you. Like everyone has to walk to work. So, um, you know, like wherever you're going, if you're in the car, you know, if you, you can be um, in, in relationship with with God, you can be speaking to Him. Like often, I'll um, I'll lie with my kids while they're going to sleep, and and I'm just lying with them, and I'm just I'm just talking to God. You know, I'm not talking to them. I'm like, Shh, go to sleep. But <laughs> but I'm like talking to God in my head, and I'm like, or I'm like meditating on something that I've been reading in the Bible, and I'm like, you know, God, what are you speaking? Like, you know, I want to be His friend. I want to spend time with Him. I want to recognize His voice. The third thing um, with best friends is that best friends are honest with each other. They are real. They're honest. They aren't fake or superficial. They go deep. They show the raw, true authenticity, even when it's ugly, even when it's messy. You know, there's, there's passive, you, has anyone had a passive-aggressive friend? How are you going? Good. What have you been up to? Oh, stuff. Are you okay? I'm fine. Like, like that, sort of, <laughs> that sort of relationship. And sometimes I know I can be quite passive aggressive with God. Like he's like, you know, how you going? Good. What have you been up to? Oh, yeah, no, you know, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And, uh, you know, that's not going to build friendship yeah. when we're not honest and real with each other. And we need complete honesty with God. And he can handle it. He can handle your feelings, your complaints, your second guessing, your arguments, your confusion. He handles it all because he knows it all. He actually knows it. And it's more about us acknowledging it. You know, God gave us the book of Psalms. I love the book of Psalms. It's a worship manual. You know, it is. It's, it's a worship manual of, of like a heart's cry for God and and that he is so holy and so mighty and so worthy of praise. It's all of that. But it's also full of ranting and raving. <laughs> Doubts and fears. Like resentment. And just deep, like deep 
passion and frustrations is, is, is in the Psalms. And, you know, uh, there's that. And then there's also on the other side, there's that thanksgiving, that praise, those statements of faith. It's like this, these kind of like two, like, like, do they even work together? And they work together. They do work together because as we are honest with God, that's what he, what he really wants. He wants your honesty. He doesn't want you to like say what you think he wants you to say or, or anything like that. It's, it's true honesty. And uh, Psalm 142, two to three, it says, I pour out my complaints before him and tell him all my troubles. When I am overwhelmed, you, are, you alone know the way I should turn. You know, you can just be so real, so raw, so honest with God. And, and, and then he'll show you. He'll show you. You know, I just want to share an example of my own life. And um, it, was at a, it was at a women's meeting, a quip or, or something, about three and a half years ago. And I vividly remember it. I don't remember what, what the sermon was. I don't remember um, the worship or anything like that. But I remember the response. And I don't even know what I was responding to. And I, and I stood over there, just kind of past Peter there, kind of near my parents. Hey, Mum and Dad. Um, so I was like over there. And, uh, and I just remember, I just said two words. And I just said, I'm broken. I am broken. And I was broken because I was hurt. I was disappointed. I was angry with God because He didn't do what I thought He should do in my timing. You know, and I was broken. I was so broken. And... Um, and in that moment, it just really, it just opened the doors for my healing. As I, as I declared, like, the true honesty, my feelings, the raw emotion of it, God was able to come in. He's able to come in and he was able to come and heal my heart, restore it. You know, and through that, I learned a lot. His ways are higher, that he's, he's with me. even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's with me, he comforts me, he protects me. You know, that it's, yeah, anyway, there's lots that I I learned in that moment through that that raw honesty with God and and it has brought my friendship with God closer. It's brought my friendship with God closer. And you can do this too. You can candidly voice your doubts your confusion, your frustration, your hurt, disappointment, whatever it is you're feeling, you can, you can, you can disclose that to God. And, and that true honesty will develop your friendship with Him because it deepens the trust. And He knows it anyway. Is there something that you've been holding back from God? Is there resentment that you're holding on to? Is there disappointment? I don't know, I... They're deep feelings. They are really deep feelings. And, and, um, but God is deep. And God can handle your feelings. And He is there. He is with you. Um, yeah. Be honest with Him, with your struggles and with your pain. The fourth area um, around best friends is that best friends care about what's important to the other person. You know, friends care about and value what the other person values. It just rubs off. It just rubs off on them because you're around them and you just kind of go, oh, this is pretty cool. And you just, you just start to care about 
what your friends care about. And as we spend time with God and as we read the Bible, we'll start to care about the things that God cares about and value the things that God values. You know, before I met Jason, I, I didn't really care for boating. I was like, oh, I'll take it or leave it, you know, whatever. You got a boat, cost a lot of money, um, that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, it's his passion. Jason loves, loves boating. And, and now I have a love of boating. And now I really enjoy it. And now I like have like goals for the summer of like things I'm going to do boating. Like, like last year, last year I backed the boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Those people who don't go boating don't understand how great that is. But it's a good thing. Um, and, you know, I did, I did a kneeboard. I did a kneeboard. Yep. Um, and I've got other friends who boat and they like do like, they're really like the professional boaters and they do like like single ski, like skiing and stuff. And they're like, oh, you should do that too. And, um, and you know what? I'm happy with kneeboarding <laughs> because that's what Jason does. And I'm like, that's what I'm going to do because I care about him and I value what he values and his passion for the kneeboard has, has, has um, rubbed off on me. So there we go. Um, anyway, uh, and the... Just recently, I've started running. We're going to start an e-runners club. Yep. Yep, we are. We are. It's, it's like evangelistic, this running thing. It really is. It really totally is. Anyway, um, so I've started running. I did the Couch to 5K app. So it's totally possible to go from zero to 5Ks. I'm proof. I'm proof. It's true. Um, anyway, so I've done this, and uh, I'm getting more and more into running. And uh, so Jason, because he cares about me, he values what I value, he's just started running. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and he has to keep running now, because I've told everybody. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but he... Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, he, he just did the park run with me yesterday. So he's done two park runs now. So he's a park runner. So, um, so it's really cool. And, um, but what he's done is he's, he started running with me and he's like bought some new running clothes. And um, it's, it's, it's really cool. And the great thing about it too has been that because he started doing what I like doing, we actually get to spend more time together. It's really cool. It's really cool. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah, so as we value what God values, his agenda will become our our agenda. You know, we'll care about the things he cares about. We'll grieve about the things he grieves about and celebrate in the things that he celebrates. And we'll start to speak the language of heaven. So what are some of the things that God cares about? He cares about people. He cares about you and he cares about me. And he cares about the redemption of his people, all his lost children. He cares about each of us and having relationship with each of us. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, the thing that has me so upset is that I care about you so much. This is the passion of God burning inside me. You know, he was a friend of God and he said, the thing that has me so upset is that I care about you so much. Where did he get the care from? He got it from his friend God. As we spend time with God, as, as we find out more about God, we will care about the things that God cares about. And that is people. He also cares about the church. He cares about the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, whatever you want to call it. He cares about the church. David in Psalm 69 verse 9 says, Passion for your house burns within me. 
So those who insult you are also insulting me. Passion for your house burns within me. The passion, because God is passionate about his house. He's passionate about his church, his people. And now I'm passionate about his people. I'm passionate about his church. And I want to give my time, I want to give my abilities for his people in his church. Because as we care about the things that are important to our best friends. Let's care about the things that are important to God. And the fifth area is that best friends are number one friends. Number one, bestie. It's like best on top, best friend. You know, not second rate friend, not default friend. Although God will be your default friend. He is always there for you. He will be your default friend, but he wants to be your number one friend. And so we need to choose God more than anything else or anyone else. He needs to be our best friend. Could our heart's cry be like David in the Psalm 27? He says, here's the one thing I crave from God, the one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. Could our prayer be that he is number one, that he is number one in our lives? Jesus spoke the greatest commandment in Mark 12, verse 30. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. That's what God wants from us, that all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength, that we would love him, number one. I might just get the, the team back up. God wants to be number one. And he's, he's not going to push to number one in your life. It's a choice. It's a choice. True friendship is always a choice. You choose. We're always choosing something to spend our time on or, or um, people to hang out with or, or whatever. It's, it's, it's always a choice. It's not an accident and we must intentionally seek friendship with God and friendship to be number one in our world. You know, is God your number one friend? Is he? He'll, he'll take whatever level of friendship you're willing to give him. He will. He absolutely will. Um, John 15, 13. This is Jesus. And he's, he's speaking to the disciples. And, and this one verse, it says... Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friend. And I've always read this, how it's like, how I think he spoke it in that time, which is from the perspective of Jesus, he's foreshadowing his death for me as his friend. So he's saying, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friend. So he's saying, you know, I love you so much, I'm gonna lay down my life for you, that He loved me so much He chose 
to die. Like literally He died for me and I'm the friend He died for. But just recently I, I read the Scripture again and I, and I thought, what if, what if we flip it around a little bit? What if we switch places? What if God's the friend in this Scripture here? So what if we read it from the perspective that it's, that it's me or it's you and that we're choosing to lay down our life for our best friend? That we would choose to lay our lives for our best friend, God. And this is not literally dying, or, or it might be, but for most of us, it's not literally dying for God. But it's, but it's laying down our preferences, laying down our time, laying down our priorities, and saying, I lay it down for my friend. No greater love has this than someone that would lay down his life for his friend. What an act of love we could show to our friend God to lay down our life for God. Matthew 10.39 says, All who seek to live apart from me will lose it all. But those who let go of their lives for my sake and surrender it all, surrender it all to me and they will discover true life. You'll discover true life when we surrender our lives to God. When we devote our lives to building a friendship with Him, surrendering our will, our ways of life, we'll discover true life. And like I said earlier, look, I don't know where you are at with your friendship with God. And I don't know where, where this message finds you. You know, you might be a stranger or an acquaintance with God and, and you might never have even thought of being God's friend or that He would even want to be your friend. But there's an open invitation for you. He wants to be your friend. You were created to be His friend. Or maybe you've been passionate about God in the past. Maybe you've been friends with God in the past and you've had that relationship where, where you've spent time with Him, you've got to know Him and, and you've just lost that desire. Just He hasn't lost His desire for you. And he, He's still keen to be your friend. He's still keen to be your best friend. And you can reconnect. You can. And maybe you're having a great friendship with God. But I reckon there's always a deeper level of friendship that we can go with God. There's always more to know. There's always more to know. So keep going, keep going. And I wonder if we could just make a commitment today, like just one change in our lives, one change in our worlds that could bring us closer in friendship to God. You know, maybe it's getting to know Him more. Maybe it's Maybe it's reading this book, this Bible more. Maybe it's spending more time with Him, dedicating time to pray, carving out space in your world to spend time with Him. Maybe you've come to a roadblock because there's, 
there's resentment or there's hurt or there's disappointment or something between you and God. You know, let Him into your struggles and pain. Be honest with God. Maybe we could deepen our friendship by valuing what God values, by caring for His people and His church. Maybe we could just put Him back as number one. Forget everything else. Say, number one, God. You're my number one. Because no greater love has this than a friend that would lay down his life for another friend. Why don't you just stand with me for a moment? We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com.